record your intro. Okay, recording my intro all by myself. Nobody knows trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the sorrow. Anyways. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Friends Like Us podcast, a podcast where we'll be deep diving into each episode of Friends. I'm Steven, and I'm here with Brayden and Leah. Today we'll be discussing The One with the Butt, which is Season 1, Episode 6. And now Brayden's going to read us an IMDb description. Hey guys, welcome back. So, this episode, Monica's obsessiveness is put to the test after Rachel cleans the apartment. Joey lands a film role as Al Pacino's butt double. Chandler enjoys a relationship with all of the fun, but none of the responsibility. So three plot points in this episode. We have Monica and her obsessive cleaning. We have Joey as Al Pacino's butt, and Chandler and his open relationship. This is an episode that feels like it goes by fast, and as you pointed out, Braden, it's an episode that's only 20 minutes long on top of that, versus normally the episode's about 22 minutes long. So it's already a shorter episode, and I think the way it's written makes it feel like it goes by fast, even though they've only lost two minutes. Definitely. Could be that opening scene. It kind of has an opening scene. It's Freud, right? It's just like they're about to walk in and watch Freud, but it's a really short opening scene. It's an opening scene, but it's not the same as they have been doing, because this is like one of the plot points, basically, is how Joey is in that and gets his uh, manager. Yeah. Yes. First agent. And, agent. And there are there, there are three plot points in this, but they spend so much time keeping the friends together and very little time with each friend in their own uh, plot point that I think that makes it feel like this episode just flies by super fast. So this may be a short Friends Like Us podcast episode, and I say that intentionally to jinx us such that we will still have an hour-long episode but we'll see what happens if we if this is over an hour i'll be really impressed but i think but but speaking of but do you want to start with that as well let's start with opening scene this is the first scene that Mm -hmm. doesn't take place in central perk it's it's one of joey's plays Mm -hmm. freud not freud freud (laughs) There's an exclamation point. Right. Which makes it extra scary. Mm -hmm. But... As if Freud isn't scary enough. Right. (laughs) Which this show, I feel like, aligns with a lot of Freud's theories. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of inappropriate behavior between siblings and parents. Oh, yeah. So we open with Joey. I think this is the first time we see Joey act, actually, Mm -hmm. in this show. And he is singing a lovely song. Did anybody so, catch the lyrics? So to this it took me. Song? By the, I didn't just figure it out for this episode, but it took me years to figure out what this song was about. Do you? Does everyone know what the song's I'm about? I'm trying to remember like the lyrics right now. It's like oh, it's, I believe it's about penis envy. It's about penis envy. <laughs> I probably watched this episode a hundred times before it ever clicked with me what the song was about. Randomly, one time watching, I decided to think about. it. I was like, oh, you want this to tinkle. But you something the schwang. So I, I took the liberty of writing down the lyrics. Should I just read the lyrics? Read the yeah. lyrics. Sing yeah. them. So sing the lyrics. <laughs> so here's how it goes. All you want is a dingle. What you envies a swang. A thing okay. through which you can tinkle. That's it. Or yeah. play with or simply let hang. That's <laughs> so Good. They did it really I, well in a way that you couldn't quite understand mm, what he was saying. The Austrian accent. I want yeah. to give a shout out to the unsung hero that wrote that song <laughs> for right. a play that was a subplot point of a greater show, but someone still had to write that. Do you expect anything else, though? The Friends writers, I mean, they're golden every time, but they do nail it with a song. So Joey makes everybody uncomfortable. And yeah. <laughs> apparently as, they, any, as many of his plays do rachel seems eager at the beginning to to watch this play and yeah it's her first time her to first watch time. joey in a play mm-hmm. and everybody else is like which is nice it does establish the fact that the friends have have endured multiple 
of these instances, right? They're very supportive. As yeah. you would hope they would be, right? right? So Joey sings his little song. You don't get to see Estelle, but that is who. Yeah. Well, that's after that. So I think it's the song, and then the song is crazy, and then, bam, intro music hits, right? Well, there's one other there's one other um, plot that's going to get tied in here, and that's Chandler sees Aurora from uh, across the room. Okay, so yeah, the intro. It's we're still in the intro scene after mm-hmm. the music, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So Chandler sees a a pretty woman, a beautiful woman, as he describes it. And I love the gesture that he does to Ross here, mm-hmm. where he's like ten o'clock. Ross is like, "Well, it feels like two. <laughs> like <laughs> nine, ten o'clock. Do you think he meant two a.m. like it was, like the play lasted that long? I think yes. he. Oh, I, well, yeah, I guess so. I was. I guess I was thinking this play was in the day, but yeah, that probably makes more sense. I think that makes more sense. Feels like, like two. Feels like it's two a.m. Yeah, I thought that because usually plays happen at night. I did want to. This is this is gonna be a quick. There's no. I don't know if it was on purpose, but Joe Joey's wearing his outfit, and there's this weird thing that I don't think happens all the time. But the collar for his outfit is a button-on collar, and in the middle of the scene, half of it is hanging off. Mm. Just a fun thing I, I noticed. Did. I didn't notice let, that. Let's move on with the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So Chandler sees her, and he he has the same self uh, he has the same self-deprecating humor that. He always has he's like, "What am I gonna say to her?" Excuse me. <laughs> Such, yeah. Great Chandler. He still. You've made this point in past episodes, but early on, Chandler is out acting everyone in the show as far as comedic I, acting goes. Oh, yeah. He's I, so funny. I I agree with that. This one's this one's a great one. The the whole episode, he he does fantastic. So. He does. And I like this one, too, because I feel like this episode kind of concretes some things about some of the friends. Mm. Joey's bad acting, Chandler not being good with the ladies, mm-hmm. and then Monica's craziness. Even the, 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 the weird sound effects that Chandler likes to make. I mean, how many times has he done that before? And maybe if he's done it once or twice, it's really starting to add to his character that they've developed, which is he does... I don't know how you describe that. It's just Chandler. It's the wow, wow, wow thing that <laughs> yeah, he does. It's his own thing. Yeah, there's something, maybe we can get a woman to speak to this, but Chandler is awkward, but he's kind of charming and, and, and cute at this moment. She obviously finds something attractive in, in the way that he's approaching her because she says yes to the date. I, I Oh, you want to no, talk? Ahead. I mean, no, you want to no, be no, the no, woman? Go for it. <laughs> no, you, 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 need to, you need to expand more on this, but I'm just going to comment. I think that... Uh, while he is the the funny one, he's still not unattractive. He's still fairly attractive. And like I said in the last episode when we were talking about Paul, there's things you get away with when you're an attractive person. And when you're when you're awkward, it's cute when you're an attractive person, right? When you're awkward and you're you don't take care of yourself and you're not attractive, it's creepy, yeah. right? It's a serial killer vibe. I don't know. I don't think he gave off a serial killer vibe, even if he was being like if he wasn't a as attractive as he was like I think he was trying to start a conversation and he totally could tell that he was blowing it he had Mm self-awareness which I think helps a lot if you don't have self-awareness like that then it's not quite as (laughs) cute and awkward as it would be um so I think that helps and I think I don't know I like awkward people obviously you met my husband? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So speaking of this, that's, that actually reminds me because Phoebe's like, you know, you see these beautiful women with just these nothing guys. You could be that nothing guy. Babe, I want you to know, I, I'm your nothing guy. <laughs> Are you saying I'm the one who settled? Yes, absolutely. You said yes. You 100% settled. We're legally binded now. I feel like we can talk about that openly. <laughs> It would cost a lot to get a divorce. I know. Yeah, it's harder to get rid of you at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Marry up, gentlemen. (laughs) So, anything else we want to talk about in the intro? No, I think we can can pick a plot point and run with it now. Okay. So, we got three. We got Monica's OCD, uh, Joey as the butt double. I say we tackle one of those first. I feel like Monica's OCD is almost a shorter one. It's almost okay. nothing to the point. Like, it's I really have no notes on it, actually. It's though. one scene where they establish it, and then it's just, like, these little, like, bits that you get with Monica trying to not be crazy. Yeah. They all come back into the apartment 
and Rachel's cleaned for yeah. the first time probably in her entire life. And I think the only time she never cleans after this. No, not really. She pretends to no. clean. And she doesn't even clean the cappuccino machine. <laughs> you don't clean the cappuccino machine? <laughs> no, I mean, I will clean. <laughs> um, but I find it weird because she's kind of bragging about that. And then she's like, I've used every extension on the vacuum, except the little brown one with the brush. I don't know what that's for. And Ross is like, we're, we don't know. We're not supposed to ask. Why are you not supposed to ask? You can know what all the other extensions on the vacuum it's a, cleaner. It's pretty good, though, because I, I think everybody kind of has picked up that vacuum cleaner and well, went to clean it. Like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, and it's not necessarily always the same accessory, but you buy, like, a vacuum, and it's like, it comes with 12 accessories. And it's like, what am I going to use 12 accessories for? I, like, I use two accessories, mainly. It's like the regular uh, version and the little concentrated one yeah. where you suck up to, things to get the, the fruit yeah. loops out of the and when I say me I say Leah my wife who does I all the cleaning three, around so here. I think he's wrong <laughs> I use three of our extensions so I have always been curious I actually looked this up <laughs> you looked this up I debated on this I thought it was silly but I'm glad you looked it up so that round brush tool that nobody seems to know is an upholstery tool so it's to get dust out of upholstered furniture. Did you look up what upholstery was? Yes, I'm I did. I'm not sure I actually know what that I is. Had, I had to look up what upholstered <laughs> furniture was, that too. Not all furniture? I've heard the word upholstery, and I've just pretended to know what it was my whole life. <laughs> I don't know what that means. We're coming clean today, guys. Oh, this is so embarrassing, but yes, I don't know what upholstered furniture is either, apparently. So I looked it up, and it's basically like something with um with cushions or springs something that you uh, the way that i interpreted it was something that had to be upholstered something had to be put on to furniture so it's not just like wood it's like a wood chair with springs in it or a wood chair with like a wicker seat something with like upholstered furniture okay i I, I think i should look this up again You've cleared up I upholstery zero percent for me. Yeah, sir. I thought it was more of like anything. Well, we've that got they time. Can, like... so. Hit us up on Twitter if you know how to describe upholstery like I'm a five year old. Oh, I would appreciate it. So when in doubt, go to Wikipedia. Upholstery the... is the work of providing furniture, especially oh. seats with padding, springs, webbing, and fabric or so, leather covers. So all of our furniture. Basically, based on the picture I'm seeing on Wikipedia, think of those chairs you would imagine in some rich, snooty Victorian house. Those are all upholstered. Let's move on because I can't say say the word. Yeah, I'm still a little confused, but I don't think the definition I gave really. So what it is is none of us can afford things that require that accessory. Yeah. So, moving on from upholstered furniture. Just then it, furniture, then it, guys. I think y'all are reading too much into it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, Rachel's move, the green ottoman, which obviously yes. doesn't go with anything. So, it's, I mean, ottomans would awesome. generally come with a chair counterpart, but there's no green chair in the room. So She kind of has a lot of mismatched furniture, though. Surprisingly. The whole, apart- the whole apartment is that way, and it's kind of like a theme. Like, nothing matches, and the fact that nothing matches is the theme, therefore it has to not match in order to go in the apartment. Does, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look at the chairs that are at the in the kitchen dining room. None of those match. Look at the decorations around the room. I know. None of those match. It's odd, though, considering how OCD she is. Right? It's, it's-, it's weird, but it speaks to low income right it's yeah. what you can afford what was already there. buying buying one thing at a time and trying yep. to piece together a, a living room set what but did what, nana already have it, that too yeah True. i didn't think about that what happened to the green ottoman do we see the green ottoman again because I'm gonna it doesn't it. i'm gonna look for it now but it doesn't stick out in my mind as anybody sitting in I've her living it. room with her feet up on the ottoman because you know joey would be sitting down with his feet Actually, up on the ottoman i think that I whole chair it. set that was there gets it's gone. Mm. You usually don't see yeah, it from that angle of the yeah. camera. It's like stage side, right? It's like right. bottom right. So you're gonna see. You get the couch, and then you get the chair next to the couch on the other side of it. Exactly. I think that that other chair with the ottoman. Stage left for you thespians out there. You see, you see them on the couch or the chair, or if they're gonna be on the other side of the table, which is generally someone sitting on the floor, but yeah. you rarely see someone in that corner chair. And it's like eliminated altogether. It almost seems like. In fact, thinking of the scene where Ross and Rachel break up. 
Oh, no, no, no. Not when they break up, but when they're signing their divorce papers. Spoilers. Um, she's sitting on the table. I don't remember seeing that chair there. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in yeah. a couple years. Anyway. So, <laughs> Maybe five. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the point of this plot is just to reestablish, hey, we're going to make fun of Monica because she's obsessive and she likes to be extremely clean. They tease her a little bit about paying her phone bill, you know, Rachel going shopping for her. Uh, the only thing that really sticks around in this first little scene is is her leaving her shoes out when she yeah. goes to bed. And that that is pretty much it. We can move on. Yeah, well, I think we can move on. I mean, it's, you know, it keeps her up at night. It's funny. She can't deal with it. That's the end of it. Phoebe yeah. likens it to a serial killer with a yeah. little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's easy to see why her and Phoebe didn't work out yeah. living together. So let's talk about the butt. Let's talk about the butt. I have notes about the butt. It only has like two scenes about this butt. The scene comes in, so it starts with Joey getting a agent in the first place. Right. And that agent subsequently gets Joey, not even audition, really a, a role, straight up a role in the Al Pacino movie. One of the best things Estella's done for him. <laughs> Probably the best she ever did. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. What about the soap opera? Yeah, that's true. That's true, but Joey had to do a lot of work for that. True. Um, oh yeah, didn't she? He had to sleep with the uh, casting right. director for that. So still, really. Yeah, you're gonna have to sleep with her. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to sleep with her. Only anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so he comes in. He's super excited. He's gotten the part. Everyone's gonna make fun of him though because he's playing a butt. A butt right. double. He's a butt double. But for Al Pacino though. Yeah. Not too shabby. Who you know. Super, super fan. So I did look up something about this. Mm. I want to see... Did you look up something about this? Uh, yeah, one thing. I wanted to see what movie this could have That's been. That's what I wanted to look up. Okay. Yes, because this is a so, show based on real events. You're actually going to be surprised at how close they could be on this because... I don't think I'm going to be surprised. Watch. So the, we're still... So 94, right? First season of Friends... So I was like, okay, they're still filming, maybe a year for production. So I was like, let me look at films with Al Pacino in it in 95. There were two. There was Two Bits, which he plays some sickly old grandfather. And then there was Heat, where he plays a cop, mm -hmm. a lieutenant. And I think in the shower, Joey says when he's trying to justify his acting, his partner just died, something like that. He's intense, something like that, right? Yeah, what is it he says? He says... His wife did his something. His brother's missing. His, yeah. His wife's dead. His brother's missing. Okay, so not his partner, but it seems like an action pack intense. It's a, it's a, it's a show with robbers and, 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 and cops. So I think I think the heat is actually a good mm -hmm. potential candidate for Should, what movie this was supposed I, to be. I tried to look Probably into the plots. Yeah. Well, I tried to That's look into the too. plots. I haven't seen The Heat, so don't take my word for that. I have seen Heat, but it's been a long time. I haven't seen Two Bits. But I did look into the plots to both of these these movies, and I can't find... Now, I didn't look into it for hours and hours, but I, I spent a good 20 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out if these plots lined up based on that information. His brother's missing, his wife's dead. I tried to find, between those two movies, did his wife die in either of those movies? I couldn't conclude that it wife. wasn't conclusive it could be so, hit us up on twitter if you hit know. us up on twitter if you've seen the heat tell us is it the heat or is it or just tell them that they're wrong and that well, this is a show based on the real events pacino was in a movie that was in 96 and then 97 it could have been other things if they were trying to really be in a movie i did note that in the heat man that was a lot they had I, val kilmer and de niro in i'm that just gonna movie. point yeah, this, this out here i need though. to watch that movie this is this is a pretty like, this show was pretty new when this was happening, so I highly doubt they would have been able to even bring in something about another movie that was in the making. That's, That's very, very true. And you notice down the so. line, you get, like, Ralph Lauren, Bloomingdale's, you get sponsor-worthy names. Early on, yeah. I don't think they had the juice yeah, to like, be using actual movie info. I'm sure they could name another actor that was real, but I don't yeah. think they could have used real movie stuff. Yeah. That would have been probably violating that's, something. That's actually a really good point. So, Joey is Al Pacino's butt. The gang is teasing him about yeah. it. Yeah. 
Uh, next time we see him, he's he's in he's in there doing the scene. And uh, well, he asked he asked Monica for some moisturizer. Oh my! So this is amazing. I've said amazing seventeen times. So this is cool. It's not cool for Chandler. I think Joey's mo. Well, we know Joey's most moist moisturizing moisturizing his butt. Mm-hmm. I think he was getting in deep. Yeah. I think he was going in and giving some TLC to what some people may refer to as the brown eye. Mm. And as what? I just want you to, do <laughs> you think people are gonna see that? Do you know what your I butt think, looks like? I think he's got moisturizer. He's 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 halfed over. He's doubled over at this point. He's got cheeks spread. He's got a handful of cream. And he's just rubbing in there. And then Chandler opens the door. And that, in my mind, is the only thing that I can think that makes Chandler goes, Oh my god, my eyes! Right. If you stare directly into your best friend slash roommate's butthole, that is going to change your life. That's the only appropriate reaction for that. I highly doubt that. I do love... I mean, it's not like he's... Spreading his cheeks. You don't think that's no. Well, wait. You're saying you doubt that that's what happened, not that that's how we would react if you saw it, though, right? Yes. Okay. I think I would react. In a I'm sure fashion. you would react to that. Yes, very, very, very strongly. <laughs> but I don't think he's in there trying to moisturize his asshole. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what so, do you think, Brayden? <laughs> I mean, it's not what I pictured. You really painted something in my mind because I pictured it kind of different i picture that joey is just butt-ass naked in there because he had a robe on yeah i picture he's butt-ass naked nothing on he's facing chandler or facing the door and chandler walks in and just sees him but he's kind of just you know bent over yeah. no and doing this but that yeah what i described stared into the, the nightmare sun. scenario <laughs> feel like it's much worse mm, no i don't think so it's much worse but yeah, so. i do i I couldn't help but notice the overlap between my eyes, my eyes, my eyes when Chandler sees Joey's cornhole versus when... Or his dick. Or his dick. Versus when Phoebe sees Chandler and Monica fooling around across the street. My eyes! (laughs) It's the same. My eyes, my eyes. I thought that was funny. But, but... But... But Joey gets his moisturizer, and he's off to to be Al Pacino's butt. Next time we see him, he is uh, doing... He's trying to be... So it reminds me of, like, he very much plays, like, the first... This is your first opportunity. Like, anybody, whatever field you're in, whether it be acting or an act... or, Or, I was about to say, actual job. Acting is an actual job, but it's not something that the rest of us can do. So the the more popular types of um, careers... He's very, like, earnest. He's like, oh, sir, thank you for the opportunity. And the guy's like, get undressed. <laughs> He's like, I got to get this 15-second scene out of the way. You mean nothing to me at this point. I know how he feels. I've Some of my beginning jobs, it's been like, eh, I'm, just, I'm just here to do some remedial crap. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Joey is very green at this point. He's inexperience this is his first role really period other than some kind of play did anybody notice who the director was okay i have something different but no i did not notice who the director so was. the director that is walking joey through this shower scene unsuccessfully is james burrows who is also a director and producer for the show Oh, nice. So they actually used a director. So he just had to be who he was. He didn't have to act. That's bro- I was wondering that, too, if they would just use somebody from the show already. He has that vibe, that is for sure. I believed it. I noticed something, and I'm going to make everybody listening to this episode who's ever watched Friends go back and rewatch the scene based on this statement. God. And I'm going to be really depressed if you guys have noticed, noticed this, too. I think I have. When you watch... When you watch it, watch Joey's shadow. Swim trunks. You can see the swim trunks. I did notice that. I noticed Are that you the guys first. really surprised about that, though? No, but it's funny that, that like, you assume he's wearing something to cover it up, but, but you would assume it's something tight, maybe. But you can see loose 
They're... fabric in the shadow of his, or I guess in his shadow, right? It's very obvious once you're looking for it. So, But this is, I mean, they have a lot of these. He could have worn a Speedo. Throughout the few seasons. Yeah. But right. I thought, fun fact, go back and watch. See if you can catch the the swim they're trunks. They're very bulky. They're very they're very nineties swim trunks. Yeah, you, I, we're not saying you can see the actual swim trunks, but oh, you no. can see the shadow. Yeah, you can see it in his shadow because there's like two shadows that you can see based on the lighting almost, and you can see it in both. But they have a lot of this because there are times when they're uh, cutting together the show. Yeah, and something will happen, and then like. They go to a different angle, and you can still see the other person acting from that last scene before. Yeah, right. So I, I think that has just, to do with the widescreen stuff that they did. I think it has somewhat to do with that and just 90s era. Yeah. So they shot this show, especially towards the middle of it when they had a higher budget. They shot this show with like the widescreen high resolution in mind before it even came out, like before mm-hmm. it was even really a popular thing. So that's why you get all these scenes to where there's like a stand-in mm-hmm. for Monica or Rachel or somebody, and you're like, that's a different woman. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see those scenes? Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. that, that was interesting. That's the uh, that's the shower scene. Joey, so... He acts the, too much. He overacts and gets yeah. fired for Just clenching. Impressive. <laughs> I would imagine various, various forms of clenching is the only thing I can imagine. What do you do to your butt to make it look like it's in quiet desperation? <laughs> Just quivered a little bit. Can you even do that? I don't know. Like, Hold I've... on, I'll show you. Uh, get the video out. We'll put this on Twitter. I don't need to see that. We won't. Um, but yeah, so there's that. And then... He gets fired. He gets fired. He goes back to his friends. Hey, so... that's the name of the show. Um... <laughs> Really? So Joey is thinking that he blew his his, his big shot. shot, only shot, which is silly, because he was playing a butt double. No one was even gonna know it was him Except unless you mom. read the credits. His mom was gonna know. <laughs> That's true. Another slight creepy line yeah. in Friends. <laughs> yes. So friends cheer him up and say, "Look, don't be so down on yourself." You'll get another chance. Phoebe was actually great in this. Yeah. She was oh, a, yeah. she was a great friend in that. In that. All right, we're, we're already on to our third plot point. I think the third, and I guess biggest. This this has zero serious plot points, does it? We mean serious. There's no there's no other. I mean, it established some character dynamics, but as as far as long-running themes throughout the show, there's nothing in this book that'll ever get referenced again. It's not anything that you can look back to. It's like, it's just kind of some funny storylines. There's no seriousness. There's no, yeah. my lesbian ex-wife is pregnant. There's no, um, this guy that I'm trying to hook up has lied to me about this being his first time or or things. This is not the first time Ross and Rachel kiss. It's just three fun storylines. Yeah. Yeah, other than character dynamics, like you said, it's not really establishing anything long term. But and so yeah, the final this is the the like of most of the titled episodes, the 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 plot point that is completely irrelevant is the title name. Yeah, yeah. and this one, the one the the storyline that has the most juice is is Chandler and Aurora. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that has the deepest the. Of them, the mo- the deepest theme is because you can ask yourself, what would you do if you were in Chandler's position? How would Let's you deal with that find situation? Find out. What would you do? What you would do? <laughs> so, so do we want to start with that? What would, what would you do? Do we want to lead up yeah. to it a little bit? Yeah, we can lead up to it a little but bit. No. Talked about he he asked her out. They go on the date. Uh, we find out. So before, okay, before we go to the what would you do, we find out she's in the Israeli army first, right? Mm-hmm. This was the so I was able to <laughs> I was able to look up two things in this episode. That's how short this episode on content was. It was Al Pacino movies. Sorry, no math for the math nerds. But I did look at. I did kind of do math for this one. So she was in the Israeli army. It seems like she was describing some type of conflict she was in. So based on, I assumed an age of twenty five. Because based on what I could find, Chandler's about 25 at this time, so I figured similar age. I looked at wars that Israel was probably in Because this time. is based on There's true only, facts. I, 
I know, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, if, it was... if it was real, what could it have been? This is a if it could have been, not a real thing, right? So what it is is I looked up what wards Israel was involved in that may have happened where it would have been realistic for Aurora to have been in. And the only one that makes sense is the Gulf War, um, which is listed as occurring in 91 because in Israel... It's required unless you get a um, a uh, exception. You got to file for an exception. You will in, you will basically be enlist in the army at the age of seventeen. And during the Gulf War, assuming that Aurora is about twenty five during this episode in ninety four, and the Gulf War occurring in ninety one, she'd have been about twenty two. So if she had like an extended time, I, don't, I couldn't find how long you're supposed to stay in there, but I, it's probably a couple years. Yeah, it's two or three Was there years no before that. There was. The closest one I could find was the Lebanon War in 82, but if you do the math on that, that puts her at like... It's like she would have been super young. She would have been, been like young. She wouldn't have been 17. It would have been, she would have been a teenager, right? Well, well yeah. You're a teenager at 17, but... No, no, no. Like, if you... So, 94 minus 82, that's, what, 12 years? 12 minus 25 is 13... So she would have been 13 during the Lebanon War. So there you go. There was some math for y'all folks. Um, so just to add to what you said, looked it up. All Jewish Israelis are required to serve in the IDF with men serving active duty for two years and eight months and women and women serving for two years. So, and it's interesting that you say that because it didn't call out active duty for women, but in her description of what she was doing, it says... Something about bullets in the engine block. Mm. So it sounds like whatever role she played would have been somewhere where she they, they took fire at some point. Yeah, she could have been a tanker or something. Either way, she's a badass because we she's all a know the, the reputation of the Israeli military. They've she been fighting since the beginning of time. <laughs> it You know, it makes sense though because from a riding standpoint, the Gulf War is probably fresh on everybody's mind. And so, well, hold on. if they gave her an Israeli background, they probably... Wait. I would say kudos to the writers to say, yeah, they recognize the fact that they, she had to have been Wait. in the military at some point. Didn't he say that she was Italian earlier on? Mm. No, he said she served in the Israeli army. No, no but you're right. When he came back to the friends after asking her out. He mm -hmm. said that she was Italian. She served in the Israeli army, though. Yeah, but it did say she was Italian, so that is interesting. What? Yeah. You, I, I don't remember that for a second. Pull that script up. Pull it up. I promise you she's right. All right. Slight. Um, control F for Italian. Her name's Aurora and she's Italian. And she pronounces my name Chandler. Chandler. Okay, so. Chandler. So that's. that's cr I'm curious. I don't want to say so crazy because I say that a thousand she, times. That's, she I had, didn't catch that. She had to have like signed up for the Israeli army like on her own. So do you volunteered is, it? So maybe something. we should have looked up. Have there been Italian Italians that immigrate to Israel, Could and then been. she was a citizen they of Israel, therefore weird. she was Italian but still had to serve in the military. Yeah. Like weird, this is a this is more complicated than I originally thought. You're welcome. So that's interesting that you bring <laughs> that up. She seems like an interesting woman. She could have immigrated to Israel. Or... I mean, yeah, so the I same guess... so the same woman who wants five sexual partners also was like, you know what, I'm gonna join the Israeli it, army. It could have been when she turned eighteen or something, she moved to Israel, became a citizen, and joined the army. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they wow. wouldn't say no if somebody was like, I want to join. I should have looked up what else this chick's been in, but I haven't. Yeah, we didn't have much. we didn't yeah. have as much time as we should have. This but I like really to I don't want to think of her as the actor. I want to think of her as the character. I want to feel like Aurora's moved on to do great things. She seems like, I mean, obviously not yeah. relationship material, but I feel like she's got. Well, she's know. relationship. If you don't mind other relationships, she's. Yeah, if you don't like <laughs> polyandry, I do think it's interesting how Matthew Perry acts this out because even before he's found out how this is going to play out, he seems pretty calm and how he asks these questions he's like oh you have a husband and you have a boyfriend how where if you have a husband and a boyfriend where does that leave us he's like very much so just like like trying to be like you understand this is strange like what is this going to do with us 
And that all goes out the window as soon as she says sex. That's it's just like you get Chandler being very reasonable. He's like, yeah, this is a little strange. Like, don't you think this is wrong? And then she's like, ah, we're going to have a sexual relationship. And then gone. I do love Chandler's line where he says, how would your husband feel about you running your, your foot up my leg so far? You can count the change in my pocket. Yeah. So that brings us back. To Chandler telling all the friends at Central Perk about what happened on the mm. date. Which also brings up the fact of Monica's like, you don't think? Like, oh, I'm sorry that didn't work out. And he's like, what do you mean it didn't work out? It was perfect. She's like, all men want this? So do all men want this? Is this the relationship you <laughs> No, absolutely not. Are you asking? <laughs> you and that's it, babe. So... Sounds like right. a fucking nightmare. I want to I I give your boy David Schwimmer a kudos right here. When he's initially telling the story, I want you to watch David Schwimmer next time you watch this episode. He is acting out, living out Chandler's fantasy in his head before anyone asks him about whether or not that's his fantasy. I'm telling you, he's like, Chandler's telling the story. You see, like Ross is sitting there like looking off in the distance. He's got this slight grin and it's like, oh my, he he is acting that part before anyone's acknowledged him. And it makes it so much better too. noticing that when he goes back. He's like, no, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> he does a great so, job with portraying that part of yeah, it because he's awesome. like, no. And then he's like, yeah. Call out to <laughs> old Dave did some seriously yeah, great I'll, I'll have to go back subtle and acting there that I caught this time around. I was like, kudos on you. You didn't give up. Like You were like, oh, I'm going to be involved in this scene for the whole scene. <laughs> So you guys couldn't deal with a woman dating more men than you? No. I couldn't deal with a woman dating any more men than me. Either way you slice it, no. I mean, if you weren't serious about someone you're dating multiple people, yeah, I guess I can see that. But is being in an open relationship for a long period of time, no. Definitely not. Especially not if I'm being completely monogamous and she's sleeping with three other dudes. Right. No. It's a lot of instability. Like it seems Joe. like a, too much drama. That sounds like every every guy dreams about or acts like they dream about that kind of thing, but then when they're actually faced with it, no way. Did Be- you guys ever act like he dreamt about that thing? No, I think I you think there's I mean. people like, there's, there's people that talk about that like, right? They're I don't think I'm They're like, "Oh yeah, I get around. I don't care." Oh, so. But even if you if that's an ego thing, right? And and to have a woman sleeping around another man, it's it's also an ego thing. It's saying you're not satisfying her, so she's going around and getting it from like two other dudes. So then, even in the scenario where I think someone would say, "Yeah, I don't want a commitment. I'm fine with an open relationship." It doesn't matter if you find out that this person that you're sleeping with is also sleeping with two other people. I think on some level, it's going to bother everybody, unless you're a sociopath. So yeah, I mean. I think the only way this works is if you have no other options. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's it's a common, healthy relationship. But that being said, how do we feel about Aurora? We think she's a good person? No. No? No. Not really. no. I think, well, I don't know that she's like a bad person in the sense of like beating puppies or leaving orphans. <laughs> but I don't think she's relationship material is what I'm saying. I think that maybe she was a she's a great person. She served the Israeli army. She maybe did good things in that. Yeah. But she's in this wild phase where she maybe doesn't align with social norms and probably not a healthy relationship material type of individual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also love Joey's line at this point. Where they ask Joey, and he goes, "No, I gotta make sure I'm sleeping with more people than mm. they are." <laughs> yeah. You almost had us for a second there, Joey. Yeah. We almost believed you were good. Almost shocked everyone because <laughs> no one was expecting that from right. Joey. Which they should at this point. But Ross also comments on this as well. He said, "Well, you know, monogamy can be a tricky thing, anthropologically speaking." And everybody snoozes on him, you know. But I was—it really piqued my interest. I was like, "Go on, Ross. I want to hear what you have to say about this." But I love that because then they start doing that throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a defining moment. It is true. <laughs> I'm finding Ross boring. 
So, anyway. so Ross brings up monogamy, and he says, according to Richard Leakey, or Leachy, is it Leakey or Leachy? I think it's I Richard. I'm crossing it off my bamboozled questions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so I think it's Leakey. So I, I looked this up, and there's a guy that had already done a lot of work that I'm going to follow up with. His name is E. Brennan37. He has a, a blog called Grave Thoughts to where he breaks down all the all the anthropology and paleontology references that uh, David Swimmer or Ross rather references. So that being said, Leakey was a paleoanthropist and a conservatist, and he has no theory on monogamy. So what Ross is talking about here is complete bullshit. That's so, hilarious. Wait, so, no... so you're saying that's a real person, but that theory is fake? Exactly. He has no you theories see, on monogamy. It's a show based on unreal facts. <laughs> But it's fun. It's funny though, right? That he brings up this real scientist that did work in in similar disciplines, but he never spoke on monogamy or polygamy like this. But there, has there been any anthropologist that has spoken on this? Maybe they just pulled a name then. Yeah, I think he probably just pulled up. He was a paleoanthropologist, which is from one specific era era that I'm I'm guessing, but. Anyways, I'm going to go back and read this guy's blog. Shout out to Grave, Thro- Grave Thoughts blog. Please uh, follow us. Yeah, follow <laughs> us and, and give us a listen and hit us up on Twitter and tell us what you think because your blog actually looks pretty awesome here. He, he talks about all the theories that Ross proposed oh, wow. throughout the show and how likely they are to be true. So, like he's doing what Stephen does. Well, he talks about Australopithecus and how he was not erect, and like the discipline is anthropology. And God, I can't talk. Anthropology, anthropology. Sorry, and the knowledge level is low to intermediate. So he like ranks all of Ross's theories. It's pretty pretty cool. So, the next <laughs> scene we have is after Chandler sees Joey's. Whatever he's doing in the bathroom. And he's stealing all the food from Monica mm-hmm. and Rachel. To make breakfast. To make breakfast. I'm assuming French toast. Scene. Oh, it looked like, well, I guess so. Could he had been. eggs, but, but he didn't have he did, any He, he milk? took bread. No. Well, unless that was orange juice. Maybe he already had milk. We don't know. No food. It could have been eggs and toast and, and stuff like he that. He gets upset that he's wasting time talking to them because every mm-hmm. moment with her is special. Yeah. Which is kind of a, that's a foreshadowing to what's going to happen next. He's he's trying to defend the fact that it's amazing and he loves it. At the same time, he's rushing over there to get everything he can to make her breakfast. Because any second, she's going to run off with the next guy. Yeah. So, I think good foreshadowing to say, yeah, this is doomed. For sure. Yeah, definitely. So, it cuts over across back to Chandler's place. And they're lying in bed together. And he's talking about how amazing this is, and he is pleading with her to to just be with him. She's getting ready to well, leave. He was okay with the other two guys, but a third guy. But a third guy <laughs> kind of broke the camel's back there. So that's too many. That's too many. And I found it weird when she was talking about this, because she's saying, "Why can't we have sex and be together and talk?" and not feel obligated to one another. I mean, do you guys view relationships like that? Like, do you feel obligated to your partner? Yeah, I feel obligated to you. You feel like you're obligated to do stuff for me? Yeah, we're married. I'm obligated to be with just you. Well, that's not that's how I point. feel. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think of it that way. I choose to be with you. I'm not feeling obligated to be with you. I'm actively choosing to be in the relationship because I want to be. Wow. Um, <laughs> put me right on the spot. I, mean, I think when quiet. you I think when you make a commitment though, you make ob- I think obligation's not an unfair word to use. It, maybe not, but it kind of makes it seem like oh, because I'm with you, I have to do stuff. And it's like, I don't feel like I have to do stuff for you. I do things because I, I want to do them for you. Yeah. And yeah, I Steven. go to things because I want to do those things He's for you. He's a piece of shit. 
like but she makes it seem like they feel they're obligated to one another yeah and i feel like what we got off on is more of like obligated to do things around the house which is not to be in a relationship with somebody else and feel obligated to them like that yeah so i looked it up though so obligated can mean that you have to do something because the law or rules say that you do for example you're obligated to pay your taxes Okay, well, so in the, no, you're not obligated mean, to pay your taxes. In the sense of, in the, well, in the sense of it marriage, right? It can also mean that you just feel like you need to do something because it's the right thing to do, or because you feel like you owe someone. For sure, the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. That's a very. Key now, I think that's it is, that's how I believe it. In a way, but I don't feel obligated because it's the right thing to do. Like I do things because I want to do them. Yes, but I think there are things. I don't think you should shame someone for. If someone's motivated by the fact that they know it's the right thing to do, it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's a well. That's the other thing. She feel she doesn't want to be obligated to somebody else. She exactly. Want to feel like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, she's so like she it, doesn't it does want obligation. Portray her in, a, in not a great hey, way. Hey, that's her right though, right? I mean, that's her right. And we that's can judge her a little bit ends. here, but at the end of the day, who says you can't be with multiple people if that's what works for you? So, anyway. should we move on? Yeah, Close this out? sure. So, Chandler pleads with her to be monogamous until he finds out about the last guy. And that's a, that's just too much. And she she's pretty understanding. She just says, okay, well, you know, call me if you change your mind. And that effectively ends the relationship. And yeah. Chandler's distraught. He flops on his bed at the end. But he knows it's it's for the better that they're not together. So that closes off Aurora. And closes off the, uh, well, last thing is them consoling Chandler along later on with Joey about yeah. about the breakup. I love Ross's argument. It's like, think about this. You broke up with her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, the argument that I would make too if my buddy broke up with somebody who was way out of their league. But it's, it's, it's probably more of a... Well, even he backtracks and goes, wait, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Remember, Ross was on Chandler's side in the beginning, too, so it should have been Joey over there. I think probably. I think anybody probably would be like, oh, that'd be really nice. But then, like, once they're, like Braden said, once you're faced with it, it's a whole different story. Yeah, you can you can talk all the talk you want until the situation actually arises. Because out of all people, Ross would not be able to handle that. No, Ross couldn't. Ross is the least. Yes. Uh, he can barely handle one woman. Yeah. Right? He's the most jealous of everybody. Mm-hmm. But if I had a lesbian ex-wife, I probably would be too. Yeah, he was messed up. So that that pretty much ends the show. And we've got the one final scene. Monica leaves her shoes out and yeah. is trying to, to prove to everybody else that she can do it. And she's not that crazy. Yeah. Or maybe she is that crazy. She's a kook is how they describe it. But right. she's torn and she's talking to herself in her, in, in her bed about getting her shoes. Should I get the shoes? Should I, should I get them and then put them back in, yeah. in the morning? Like, she's a crazy person. Yeah. But. She needs help. She needs help. <laughs> like she says herself. And, and that's all she wrote. All right. Let's play Bamboozled. <laughs> all right. We have a short episode, so we have a short amount of questions. I might be able to get a fifth question if we need it, but I mainly have four questions. <laughs> Raiden, you're going first. So, I'm sorry because this is the hardest question I came <laughs> up with. Sucks to be that. Alright, in reference to Joey's play, Freud, with an exclamation point, who wrote Freud? With an exclamation point. I didn't even pay attention to this at all. Um, James Burroughs, I don't know. The answer is Daniel E. Hank. Uh, if you watch the episode just for a split second in the beginning, you can see his name listed right above the title of the play for the theater. I don't think I've won one of these yet. <laughs> <laughs> I should have given you a chance to answer. Were you going to know that, Leah? No. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and spin this back to Brayden then. What? I didn't even get you didn't even let me answer. All right, so. all right. No, no, okay, okay. We'll get you one. All right. In the play, Freud, 
You can see where I got most of my questions from. What was the size of the cast? How many members were there, including five. Joey? That is correct. Oh my god. <laughs> there were five members. I'm impressed. Kind of that, I thought that might be a question. So you, wow. Okay, so All right. Leah has one point. All right, Brayden, this may or may not be a softball. You may be back in the game. What is Estelle's last name? I should so know this. Estelle Water. Oh, you're so close, Leah. Do you want to try and steal? The correct answer was Leonard. It was Estelle mm. Leonard's talent agency. All right. I knew that. I didn't know. I, could, I, I know so I close. heard it, but I can't remember it. All right. I have a fourth question. Brayden, you can tie it up. I hope you don't. But this is a softball. Please send the last one. All right. This is a three-part question. You must get all three parts correct in order to get it right. Part one. Name Aurora's husband. Correct. Name Aurora's boyfriend. So she had two. Not the extra sex partner. Ethan. That is correct. Name the other extra sex partner. Andrew. You got it correct! Yes! Dang it! I didn't come up with a fifth question! So, I have the transcript. I got an idea. Okay, we're gonna settle this. <laughs> I know you both know the year that this would have attained. I want you to tell me the release date of this episode, and whoever's closest will win Bamboozled. Leah, you get the first guess. You may look at a calendar, you can't look at this answer I pulled up. Leah's guess is November 3rd. Brayden. November 7th? Brayden, you guess November 7th. The answer is, according to IMDb. October 27th, Leah, you win. Brayden, you've been bamboozled. I messed it up by one week. I've counted out seven and not six. So that concludes today's episode of Friends Like Us. The next episode, we will be discussing The One with the Blackout, which is season one, episode seven. Go out and watch the episode and join us back here. If you would like to keep up with us or, you know, give us feedback, fo please follow us on Twitter at FriendsLikeUsP1. Instagram, Friends LU Podcast, or Facebook, Friends Like Us Podcast. I'm Leah, and on behalf of Brayden Steven, this has been the Friends Like Us Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya, pals. Bye.